Today was had challenges. Okay, I hear you. So, yeah, yeah. So happy to be home in my like summertime weight robe. Okay. What are you eating? I am eating a blueberry and cream shuffle. Sorry, it's really um, loud. Sorry. <laughs> God. I'll put oh. it away. Yes, the wrapper. Do I have pet? Sorry. I have Greek episode part two. So I'm like, I'm trying not to eat my Cheez-Its. So they're in the corner, but. <laughs> they might make an appearance. They might. I'm trying oh, not God. to um, do that, but. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but again, all is fair. Um, so yeah, so. That's how I am. Just happy to be home in my lightweight summer robe under the fan because it's kind of warm. It's been a warm week out here. Yeah. Weather's finally warming up. And, um, (laughs) but not like whatever, like LA warm up, not crazy. Oh, God. Yeah. It's (sighs) been high 80s and 90s for the past two weeks. So it's been kind of miserable. Oh. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, but like it's Atlanta, and then you know, on top of that, you know, the humidity and just like the sky will just open up and it's just raining all of a sudden. You're like, oh my god, I just walked inside. Yeah, that's the part of Atlanta or just the South in general that I really can't get get with with just random and sudden rain downpour. Not just showers, like downpours. Yeah, I was coming from somewhere yesterday. I can't remember. I was. I've been all over the past couple of days, mm-hmm. and um, oh, oh God, sorry. And, wow. Yeah, I know. And it literally, the skies opened up, pouring down rain to the point where I was like, "Oh my God, I might have to pull over. I can't see." Wow. That much rain, and then it just cleared up all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's yeah. insane. And like, yeah, I'll like walk into the office and I'm like, do I need to take my umbrella? No, I'm good. It's fine. Walk inside all of a sudden I hear like thunder and a downpour. And I'm like, is that rain? And I was like, yes. I was like, this is just crazy. It's insane. But yeah. Yeah. A lot of times you have to wait wait it out. Oh, God. Man. I was supposed to come home and take a nap, and I didn't do that. I went to go play with my friends, and so 
see, and this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were so cute. They are your little, your your littlest friends. Are so My cute. littlest friend is so fun, and we have a. I was like, God, I wish everyone gets that excited when they see me come in the door. It is fun when the babies are excited to see you. Yeah, it's like, oh man, I'm like, yes! It's stomping the feet and just like Aww. laughing. So I was like, I needed that today. So I was going to come home and mope and go to sleep. And I was like, nope. I'm going to play with the children for a little bit. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so that was a much better use of my time. True. True, mm-hmm. but now you're sleepy. No, I'm sleepy. I have it. Because I did not sleep well last night, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's rough. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tomorrow I have a couple things to do, but I should be able to get some Z's. Uh-huh. Hey, and this time next week, you'll be here. Yeah. So, like, we will be, pot- like, there's no reason why we can't podcast next Thursday. I mean, we really need to especially since oh hi everybody we totally missed last week by the yeah, way yeah and it was like inadvertent and like we just like ignored the fact that we missed yeah we really acted like we didn't miss it right in pub- like in public we sort of just we did the like podcast equivalent of like when people like walk in front of the cameras with a jacket over their head <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing, Nothing to, see to see here. here. Yeah, just like get me in that car and whisk me away real quick. Yeah. yeah. And so, I have like a rough plan of what to do, but my Thursday just got totally away from me. I had to like, you know, go out of town and it was just, it was just too much. I just couldn't do it. I was like, it was just too much. I just couldn't do it. There's a lot going uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, um, I was just waiting on you. Yeah, I know. There were like <laughs> other days where we were trying to fit it in, and I was like, "Well, yeah, well, this day isn't going to work at all." Then I was like, "Nope, that's not going to work." And then Sunday came and all that stuff, and I was just like, "Yeah, no." So hmm. yeah, we can't think. I was like, "Well, at this point, might as well just wait." Yeah, it, it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once so. it gets past a certain point, it's sort of like, "Yeah, now we're basically on to next week." Yeah. So news cycle yeah. and everything. So, again, life, you know, it happens. Wow, life, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, so thankfully this isn't our livelihood. Oh, my God, no, because, you know, we both were taking care of our livelihood. That's why <laughs> True. True. do this. True. The livelihood became a little more demanding. Man. Um, yeah. Oh, and also like mm-hmm. the you the business card you found. I thought that was so hilarious. Oh. I read the email. Yeah, that was funny. Isn't that funny? I'm not going to mention his name because we don't have no. permission. But um, we mentioned this guy in our probably like episode one or two. I think it was episode uh, one, like about, about why about start- one of the reasons why. Yeah. So the um, if, if you've been listening since the first episode, you might remember. Um, that we had said there was a guy, total stranger, that we ran into in the San Francisco airport. Had to be two years ago now, right? Um, we took yes. a date. It was a day trip. Like remember, yeah. it was, I think it was something like Virgin had a sale. Yeah, it was um, like less than a hundred dollars round trip yeah. to yeah. LA to San Francisco, and we we're like, let's do it. So we like 
each grabbed a round trip ticket, went up on a very early flight um, mm-hmm. to San Francisco, spent the whole day in the city. God, that was so much fun. We just ran around like two crazy people. Like I uh, usually do when I go visit someplace. So. Right. Like, yeah. And the, like I usually don't do, but since it was just a day, it made sense. Like we were just like hitting all these random spots, that, all the places that you like to go in San Francisco and mm-hmm. eating our way around town and shopping mm-hmm. and whatever. It was lovely, actually. The weather was perfect. It wasn't mm-hmm. too cold. It was like really nice. Anyway, we did all of that. And then um, basically, like, dragged ourselves to the airport for our flight back. We're exhausted from this, like, whirlwind day in in the Bay. And um, sat down at this wine bar, and there's this gentleman there working on his computer, minding his business. And I'm sure he was really pleased to have the whole wine bar to himself until we showed up. And... um, yeah, and we started talking, and it was just one of those really funny things where it's, like, apparent that the third person that's not in your party is, like, listening to your conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely um, ear hustling. Because for the first thing, yes. well, we weren't being discreet or... No, and it was a quite... small space. It wasn't, and it like... it was a small space. We were yeah. right sitting right next to him, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so at some point he just had to be like, I'm sorry, I'm totally ear hustling. You guys are hilarious or whatever. And we mentioned the idea of the podcast to him that we, because it was something that we'd already talked about. Mm. And he was totally encouraging of, the, of it, saying, you know, like he would totally listen, we're funny or whatever. So um, he gave us his business card at that time. And I had it. And I knew, I knew that I had not thrown it away. Like, I knew that I had set it aside. Because the thing is, she had it because I am careless with things. Yes. I'm very informal with things. I toss things here and there. Like, right Mm -hmm. now, I miss, I cannot find something that's very important to me. And, like, something that I need. And I'm like, I have no idea where it is. And it's driving me insane. Because I just... And I knew when I put it where I put it, which now I'm like trying to go back and think of it. <laughs> I knew I was like, you're not going to be able to find this again if you <sighs> put this here. And I was like, who cares? And just put it there. And now I can't remember where I put it. So it's just driving me bonkers. But anyway, yes. Right. Story. So we are opposites in that respect because I am the queen of everything in its place and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm missing something, it's really like, an all points bulletin for whatever it is that's missing because in my mind there's no reason for something to be missing like <laughs> like <laughs> this is where this pen lives and when I finish using this pen this pen goes back to this place and so if I go to that place and that pen isn't there like I'm literally like okay who's been in here <laughs> there's no reason for this to be missing so someone's coming in here and moving my pants moving stuff around and I, I promise you so like that it was driving me crazy that I didn't know where this business card was or that I, I had gone through uh, I have this little pile of business cards that I keep from you know for just this kind of thing like something that like I think I might want to reference again but I'm not sure whatever and it wasn't in that pile and it was just so odd and apparently it just never made the pile like I had um I found the business card because I was just sitting at my desk at work and um, I was digging through the pocket in my purse, like the, you know, the kind of catch all pocket in your zipper. Mm-hmm. You know? And because there was a bunch of gum wrappers in there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let me throw out these gum wrappers, you know, so I'm still cleaning out. 
and there was a bunch of cards in there and I was like you know what I probably don't need all these cards what are they so I just start flipping through them sure enough most of them were like okay I don't need this why do I have three of these people's person's cards I don't need this whatever I was like okay it was mostly a pile of throwaways and at the bottom of that pile was this gentleman's business card and I was like oh my god here it is so it just never made it out of my purse so um, that's hilarious it was crazy so I immediately like was like okay I put it back you know in a safe place and then um and then later on I texted I texted you like a, I think a day later I forgot because I was at work again I forgot to do it just then and I was like I can't believe I found this guy's card I'm totally going to email him and be like remember us and so I did and he emailed us back and was like oh that's awesome cool or whatever so um, if you're out there, you know who you are, um, and um, I hope you're listening. It, it's just it's just a funny story. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was cool. So um, so yeah, so that's um, that's that happened, and that that was fun. Okay, so um, lots of banter, banter, banter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on? Because I don't think that's well. Maybe I spoke to you. I don't know if I spoke to you yesterday. I can't remember. No, I feel like I haven't talked to you in days. And I know that's not true, but... Well, because, no, there's been a false sense of talking because we've texted several times and there's been lots of emailing about other things. Yeah, because we were discussing business stuff. So, yeah. Business. We got business to handle. Got business. Got business to handle. (laughs) That's right. So, yeah, so I guess so. I was like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I've been in contact with her to doing stuff on your behalf. So, I'm just like, okay, um, yeah. So, yeah, we haven't, like, really chit-chatted, so, yeah. And mm-hmm. then other things we've chatted about, about have been, like, family stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Yeah, so, right. Oh, no, girl. Mm-hmm. Hey. Hey, okay. girl. Hey. hey. So, what's been going on in the news, girl? Okay, newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as usual, two stories. I'll start with the more uh, serious or more whatever mm-hmm. heavy one. Um <laughs> Coming, <laughs> you can do I'm, this. I'm Coming out of the now. National Review, uh, an article by the editors um, posted June 12th. The headline is Kim's Big Day. Um, as you are well aware, President Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un met finally um, this long anticipated Singapore summit. Um, just a few, a couple days ago uh, on, on June 12th. So uh, this article is um, really kind of a follow-up because we talked about the, uh, when they first announced the possibility of this summit mm-hmm. um, and then the, they canceled it, there was off for a while, then it was on again. So it, it took a few turns before actually taking place. Um, so this article starts off, Donald Trump is ever the showman, and he put on quite the show in Singapore in a surreal meeting with North Korea's dictator Kim Jong-un. And it says that Kim was overheard via his translator saying it was like, quote unquote, something from a science fiction movie. <laughs> and that was about right. Um and the, so it says the representative of a gangster state so immiserated and backwards that he couldn't even fly his own plane to the summit was greeted warmly, nay, fulsomely by the leader of the free world. <laughs> um, and so this article basically starts off really kind of with a critique of 
this approach with um with it with any dictator and with this dictator in particular it says mm-hmm. we're fully aware of the dictates of real politic and the need at times to put aside our values in the service of our interests but praising this tin pot killer as a promising young man as trump did in singapore is gross and unnecessary uh, the president occasionally sounded cautious notes about what would come of his high stakes diplomacy with kim although in general, he couldn't curb his enthusiasm. For Trump, it's never enough just to say something is okay. So Kim is a great negotiator. He's smart, he's funny, he loves his people and is very popular back home. Mm. Yeah, so, um, and it was, and there's a whole, I actually watched a clip of an interview on uh, Fox News with President Trump and it it was it was very like it, it, this tone of just like he's this great guy you know it was like it was over the top like to the point where it was like who are you talking about like surely you can't be talking about this dictator um and um so the article goes on to say if we have to treat um even if we have to treat with Kim we should never forget or let him forget that he's a parasite on his people who violates every civilized norm and runs the most hideous police state in the world. Reagan, of course, never stopped talking about Soviet oppression, even as he met with Soviet leaders. So pressuring the North on its wholesale violation of human rights should be an element of our pressure campaign against it. Indeed, the nature of the regime is at the root of its recklessness and danger. And I think that's really the bottom line is that there's, it's a twofold thing. And we talked about this last time in the last article that, we, that covered the potential of the summit and talked about how the summit should go down. And, you know, and it's, it was this, this approaching both and that, you know, we need a complete denuclearization and also some some plan around the human rights of the people of North Korea um, and that less than any of that would not be, you know, would not be sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so the article goes on to say that the buttering up of Kim would at least be a little bit more understandable if he had made major concessions at the summit The meeting was initially billed as the moment when Kim would perhaps commit to complete, verifiable, rapid denuclearization. Instead, he produced more of the same. And this is exactly what we talked about uh, about a month ago. He produced vague assurances of disarmament in exchange for American concessions. Um, So it talks about, it goes on in the next piece, just to talk about how there was a certain amount of legitimizing that is received just by the fact that the leader he of the met with world, that yeah that you're being that we're conceding to meet with you so that in and of itself gives you legitimacy so that's number one like there's that then there was also a communique that ex- that accepted that the north korean formulation nuclearization of the korean peninsula its terms of art for ending the u.s nuclear umbrella over korea and so that came out too, like right before the, um, the summit. And then the third thing is Trump promised to end 
joint U.S.-South Korean military exercises, which has been one of their demands for a long time. Oh. And he said um, he ended them calling these war games expensive and provocative. But these are the kinds of benefits that the North has always sought in exchange for any concessions on its part. It's not clear what else we have to give going forward except for sanctions relief. Um, and again, it's, these things have been given and I haven't seen any indication of what you know, North Korea really doing anything other than having kind of their usual like not immediate, not whole hog, you know, <laughs> um, right. you know, plan to somehow a little bit maybe kind of denuclearize. <laughs> um, so what the article suggests is what in terms of what to do now, it says we need to make every effort to keep the sanctions in place to come up with clear, unmistakable benchmarks toward denuclearization and be willing to declare this latest iteration of the West long negotiations with North Korea a failure if or when Pyongyang box at following through. It would be difficult to give up on this process, as, as Trump jokingly said in his press conference, now that he's vested so much in it. But, and I think this is true, if anyone can completely reverse course once he's convinced, convinced he's been played, it's him. Um, perhaps Kim Jong-un right. is true. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's like an accurate um, a read on him. Um, Perhaps Kim Jong-un is truly interested in parting with his regime's weapons in exchange for an economic opening. If so, maybe Trump's over-the-top salesmanship in Singapore will have made a difference. But we fear that the North is playing its usual hand, selling the West a theoretical cessation of its programs yet again and playing it well. So, you know, it, it, it really is kind of like, a, let's a, a wait and see. Um, and I mean, if if they do indeed uh, value the economic benefit that they would have um, from from actually de you know following through with a complete cessation of their weapons, then great, this was all worth it. But if not, it was just another try, another pass and fail. Not just a pass and fail, but like. Like you said, like legitimizing him, like the horror of me seeing the American flag next to the North Korean flag. Yeah, it's it, very jarring, especially with all of this rhetoric about, you know, respecting the flag. How, you know, how respectful are you of the flag and what it represents by placing it next to the flag of North Korea? Like, I just, I was just like, ugh. It's disgusting. But people are already framing it as, you know, a huge success. So I think it's, first of all, and, and I was listening to another podcast talking about this, when any kind of summit like this in the moment on the week of, or, you know, even in the months, in the immediate months and weeks and months following. It's too early. It's too early to declare it anything. Because when you think back, like, in, you know, they mentioned Reagan in this article, like, you know, all the summits that Reagan and Gorbachev and, the, you know, like all the whole like Cold War thing, there were so many different summits that at the time were criticized for, you know, being failures or whatever. But like, you know, history tells a story and you look back and it was actually like the beginning of the end 
of that regime. Um, and then you have um, other points in history where summits have been, you know, declared a great success in the moment, and then it turns out to completely fall apart. So um, it's just too early. To, it's just too soon to, to call it. Like it's not like peace summits and peace treaties of this sort are about the long course. They're about the you know what's going to happen you know, in decades and to come. So it, it's, I think it's silly for anyone to say um, whether it's a success or not. I, I don't think you can call it yet. And, um, but I do think that there was definitely some, some really cringeworthy, <laughs> cringeworthy moments um, in terms of, like you said, the optics and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, mm-hmm. happy stuff. Well, interesting, happy stuff, or like just kind of this quirky stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, this is um, uh, from NPR, an article by Camilla Dominosk, uh, posted on June 13th, and the headline is California or California. Proposal. Oh my God, <laughs> yes, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, good grief. Okay, go on. Yeah, so it's a proposal to split the state that's going to be on the ballot in November here in here in California. So basically, it's a proposal to divide California into three separate states. And it's um, a years long quest by a venture capitalist. It's the measure is pushed by billionaire uh, Tim Draper, not to be confused with advertising mogul Don Draper. (laughs) fictional (laughs) fictional yes not to be confused with madman um so tim draper (laughs) received hundreds of thousands of signatures as required to be placed on to have this proposal placed on the ballot if it's a paid by voters i hate propositions the bane of a california (sighs) voters existence there it is it's the reason why it's so expensive to live in this damn state (sighs) So, um, if approved by voters, the proposal would still require a congressional okay, and that would very likely face legal challenges on both the state and federal levels, according to experts. So, how would California be split up based on this proposal? The ballot initiative calls for three new states broken along existing county lines. So, the counties would actually like stay as they're configured, um, but they're grouped together um, geographically. So, Northern California across the entire width of what is currently California. So the whole, Mm -hmm. all of the top of California, all across. East to west. East to west. And then including Sacramento and the Bay Area. So there'd be a pretty like clear demarcation of like the northern like part of the state. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what would be considered Southern California is basically what's now like the Central Valley and inland regions spanning the Mojave Desert and most of the San Joaquin Valley, all the way down to the San Diego, near, near the San Diego coast. So a real small stretch of the San Diego coast at the bottom. So kind of like the long flank flat end of um, the southern part of, um, of, of would, that would be considered Southern California. So there would be Northern California would be one state that would include Sacramento and San Francisco. 
Southern California would be one state that would include Fresno and San Diego in terms of major cities. And then the third state would just remain California, which would be a narrow, densely populated stretch of coastal counties, starting with Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and stretching north to Monterey. So, um, so those and all of those counties, with the exception of one, it's, that are actually like all actually right on the coast. Um, so it says um, Draper was er- an early investor in Skype, Hotmail, and Tesla, and he's a major advocate of Bitcoin. He spent years arguing that California should be divided up. And the initiative describes the state of California as so enormous and diverse as to be, quote unquote, nearly ungovernable and the proposal states the citizens of the whole state would be better served by three smaller state governments Draper Draper used to advocate for creating six separate states from California yeah yeah and so this and that way it wasn't too long ago Mm -hmm. um and it was um and in that model one of those six was actually just for Silicon Valley and and then there was also one state that would be entirely inland. So basically, mm-hmm. like, um, wouldn't include any of the coastal counties. Like, all of the way that it is in this initiative, there's some some coastal counties on all of them. Right. Um, so in uh, 2014, uh, Draper told VentureBeat his plan would allow for more local and better representation, stating... If some people feel that their government isn't working for them, and I know a lot of people in very poor regions feel that the status quo is not working for them, this would be an opportunity for them to easily move to another state without leaving the beautiful weather that we get here. So the earlier proposal would have also reworked the U.S. electoral maps, splitting one solidly blue state into three Democratic states and three swing states, according to the Washington Post. And some of them, those states will not be swing states. Let's be. Well, I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I think that it, whatever the, even with this one, like the, it's definitely more of a, when you, the one that would, it would be considered Southern California that includes Fresno, San Diego. So that's a, those are very conservative um, counties um, or, you know, you've got Orange County in there. You've yeah. got the entire Central Valley in there. So. I don't know that that's a swing state. Like, I don't know why they would consider that a swing state. Because even in this model, this three-state model, they're saying that you'd have two solidly blue states, which I think you would, and one swing state. But I feel like you would have two solidly blue states and one red state. Right. Um, And I think he's trying to, like, downplay that, I feel. Because, like, I feel like it's solidly, solidly. Yeah, Yeah, I don't... And I don't see... Why? Because even like even still, the the greater advantage is still two blue states. Like you still get an additional blue state out of it. You know, like Although, right now you have one. But I think the population wise, like in terms of the electoral college, I don't think Northern California would have the. It's it's big, but like North Northern California, like there's just not a lot of people there. You know what I mean? So I don't think it'll be very like dense population wise well it's not very dense but the way that these uh the new ballot measure creates the state it's roughly equal populations okay now the when it when the six state proposal was out it was not 
but this one makes it more roughly equal in population and more comparable in terms of income levels. So there's mm -hmm. less of a like conglomerate of, you know, high income, like a Silicon Valley state, obviously, would yeah, be that's... a very rich state. <laughs> right. Um, so it doesn't, it, so it has more of a, uh, a, compa a comparable income levels. And it says those change, um, those changes in this new proposal, the, the changes address many of the concerns that were raised about the fate of less prosperous states in the six state model. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I guess, you know, so he did kind of rework this new one based on critiques of the one that didn't pass to the begin with. And then it says, again, in the political sphere, the measure would create two reliably blue states and one swing state. Again, I don't think it would be a swing state. Absolutely by, not. It'll be... A yeah. red state. It, it would be a red state. I don't, I don't you have the military bases in Orange County. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And you have your highly agricultural Central Valley, which is always a conservative. It just doesn't right. make any sense. I don't yeah. know why, like, we just can't call it what it is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm happy about that. But, like, I don't, say, I don't understand why, why I downplay mm -hmm. it. Um, so um, the Los Angeles Times writes that there's a long history of similar proposals in the large and populous states. It says, the history of California, which was admitted into the Union on September 9th, 1850, has been marked by more than 200 attempts to either reconfigure its boundaries, split it into pieces, or even have the state secede and become an independent country. Mm. The last three-state proposal was crafted by a Butte County legislator, and it failed in the state capitol back in 1993. A publicized effort by activists to have California secede from the U.S. branded the Cal exit proposal continues to be bandied about for the ballot mm -hmm. in 2020. So um, basically, the measure, like every other initiative on, a, on the ballot, comes with a short summary of its estimated fiscal impact. And this is the best part. It says, while other ballot proposals have estimated costs, like, you know, around $1 million annually or $1 billion or more per year, mm -hmm. the analysis of this measure is a little different. It states, quote, assuming this measure is approved by voters and the federal government and allowed by the courts, all tax collections and spending by the existing state of California would end. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, I'll vote for that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You've got my vote. I'll take it. Um, so anyway, I, I, I think it's, I, I was really interested by the history of it. The fact that there's been more than 200 attempts. Yeah. Something along these lines. I mean, California, and another thing, one of the other podcasts that I listened to was talking about this initiative. And it said, you know, part of the reason, I think, for this long history of it is the fact that, it, you know, it's been said, if you took California and made it a country of its own, it would be from a GNP standpoint, the fifth largest um, mm -hmm. economy in the world. Um, and it is, it, it is a very large and very diverse state. And I tend to feel like, you know, California does really feel like the United States in terms of like the variety that you have just within the state itself. You have basically like kind of these two like liberal ends, if you think about like LA and San Francisco. Um, and then you have sort of like this big middle that like people like just sort of ignore or try to, you know, don't, you know, try to discount, you know. Um, so it's to me, it's always felt like it's it mirrors the country in a lot in that in that way, you know. All right. 
Um, so, yeah, so I just, I, I mean, I think it's an interesting proposal. I mean, hmm. it would not, it wouldn't change anything for me, like, because I'd still be in Los Angeles, California, according to this. Um, right. But, and, you know, um, I'm red just and thinking, blue no, it's just, no. You're thinking oh, now? I'm thinking no. Like I don't see the purpose of it. I, you know, just from like a government spam- standpoint, just thinking of what it would take to form these three separate, you know, these three new governments and um like the federal part of that piece and like what that would take. Because you just can't split your state up and be like, all right, we three different states. Like, you just can't do that. Like, there's, you know, you're a part of a country. So, like, it's, it's just, it just seems like a big old headache. And this, I feel like this just comes up every few years. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, bandied about. And then, we, you know, California just goes about its business. And then it comes up again. And so, yeah. Yeah, God, no, just no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I actually, I don't, I, I don't have a strong opinion about it one way or another. Really, I think it's an interesting proposition. Um, I do think that it is all. I, I don't like. I think the the terms that the proposal uses in terms of saying it's ungovernable. Obviously, like it is governable. It just has been. It's just right to the degree that it's successfully governed is is a question and I think I think it's for me it's more of an issue of representation I do think that you do because of that very wide um but this the part of it that would be listed as southern California in the proposal um which is a much more conservative uh, population of counties, I think that they are not represented, you know, um, because um, that's their, you know, they're the, the densely populated um, cities, metropolitan cities of LA and San Francisco, those votes there always override, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of proposals, in terms of taxes, in terms of everything. So I think that um, it would be a benefit for those, you know, for those counties and for those, because I do, I don't feel like those um, voters are probably, um, and their interests are probably well represented. Um, on a local in, level. On a local level, right. But, you know, you're still, yeah. when you're in agriculture or anything like that, you're like highly affected by, yeah, you know, and, and state think, taxes and all, yeah. you know, all the like environmental stuff that, you know, you may um, want to be different. Yeah, and I know that other states, you know, I guess we could, just because, you know, we're more familiar with California because that's where we're both from, but I feel that other states don't have quite the diverse geography and, like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, you know, they're not quite as large. You know, have, it's just not as varied as California is. Like you said, we have this huge agricultural part and we have this uh-huh. huge, like, tech corridor. We have this other you know this other huge like you know movie industry like in this section Uh and the military you know like we have like all these different things going on and like 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll be watching to see what happens. And yeah. if it splits up, you know, glad that I'm no longer a resident. <laughs> and definitely glad that I no longer work for the government because yeah, just thinking about the um, how nervous everyone was, you know, at every election to see who took office and how that those people, um, those elected officials would, um, and their um, platforms, how it would trickle down and affect our budgets. Because, you know, like my last apartment, like it was, you know, most of our funds came from HUD. Uh-huh, and so, uh-huh. you know, we were at a point where we were trying to expand programs with the new administration. I was like, all of these plans that we, that I had worked on for like a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like disappear like overnight. So, um, so yeah, so it's yeah. It's now working in government is a yeah. There's no fun. Mm-mm. So it'll be um interesting to kind of see how this all trickles, how this all falls. Whatever, I can't think of the word. Trickles down, falls over. I don't want to say trickle down or falls over, but how this all shakes. <laughs> I know. Shakes out. Shakes, shakes out. out. Yes. Shakes out. Shakes out. <laughs> I was like, it's a movement. I'm like, no trickle. It's moving. No... Yeah, it's it's not down or up. Yeah. <laughs> shaking. Shake, shake, shaking. Shaking. It's shaking out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We got there. Took a minute, but we got there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Every time I think of I think about my dad. I think about... um. I know I told you this. I don't know if I said on the podcast how when I was little I loved that um was it Casey and Sunshine? I can't remember who it was, like the Shake Your Booty song. Shake, shake, shake. Yeah. Shake, oh my shake, god, shake. my dad was saying that shake, and I would just shake. dance. I would oh, I love it. <laughs> I love the image of little, little Kristen. Kristen. Yeah, shaking <laughs> her booty like four years old, like yeah, mm, working it out. Yes. Oh yes! <laughs> oh, that I would just go crazy. That was, I that was my jam. Love it. <laughs> I love that that was your jam. That image just makes my heart glad. Yeah, it was hilarious. He would That's tell a story and I would crack up. It's like that was uh, Yay! Yeah. So. Very good. Ooh, so that's all yeah. I've got. Those, those are my two newsworthy pieces. Perfect. Those are great. Oh Thank you. Yeah, I was like, and I probably shouldn't be laying down, but whatever. Oh my god. I'm so Sit tired. Up. No. I made it through. I maybe only dozed off like twice. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. But I knew what you're talking about. I picked right in. Uh-huh. Uh, so viral box. So um, the big thing that's been happening. Uh-huh. Um, has to, you know, centers around IHOP and their um, <laughs> That's proposed right. name change and basically the social media response to this yeah. mess. So IHOP got on social media with a new kind of logo um, and it's IHOP. So people spend time, of course, trying to guess what the B was um, represented and most people thought breakfast because it's like okay right. we're, we're gonna expand from pancakes and just focus on breakfast which i'm uh-huh. like 
why just leave leave it be you know it's dumb but still much better than what they introduced which the B stood for burgers right um, so again that just started an avalanche of social media roasting by other um, companies so first one you know Burger King changed their Twitter name to Pancake King <laughs> um, and they that it was accompanied by a new logo which featured two stacks of pancakes sandwiching their name in lieu of the traditional burger buns right that's right and, um, and when someone on Twitter asked if Burger King would um, had a grill that IHOP could borrow um, Burger King responded, sorry, oh, Burger King can't come to the phone right now. So they're wow. being silly. Uh, then, of course, um, White Castle did a similar thing where they said, we're excited to announce that we will be switching our name to Pancake Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, what a burger. As much <laughs> as we love our pancakes, we never change our name to what a pancake. <laughs> what a pancake. Yeah, what a pancake. Um, Wendy's, of course, you know, is just oh, savage. I love Wendy's. Um, so someone asked Wendy's um, if they were going to let IHOP um, sell burgers on their on their block. Uh-huh. And Wendy says, um, yeah, not really afraid of the, um, of the burgers from a place that decided pancakes were too hard. <laughs> Wendy's for the win. Always. It's like Always. you have some very non-traditional, non-fast food companies also come in. And I was like, oh, y'all trying to get in on this too. Cute. So Pop-Tarts and Moon Pie uh, got in on the fun. So oh. Pop-Tarts said, Dear Internet, thanks to everyone asking me this, but no, not every brand is having an identity crisis, so I'm going to stick to Pop-Tarts. Wow. Yeah, and then Moon Pie said, we've worked really hard for like 100 years to get people to remember our brand name, so if it's cool with everyone, we're just going to stick with Moon Pie. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... So, yeah, so basically um, this whole IHOP thing is going to be over soon. You know, they're, of course, not removing pancakes, but it's all, you know, to market their new seven new burgers that they're adding to the lineup, Um, Mm -hmm. the ultimate steak burgers, and they'll be, you know, available soon, probably already now. Six ninety nine. it comes with, you know, unlimited fries and a drink. So that's kind of the... Red Robin model. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And right. I did check to see what Red Robin said, but I was like, okay, sure. But the funny thing is I was talking to someone, I was like, you know, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever had a hamburger at IHOP before. I'm sure that I haven't. I mean, again, if I go to IHOP, which... I'm getting pancakes. I'm, I'm, I'm there for the breakfast. Like, yeah, I'm there for pancakes and all the fixings and whatever so even if you uh, go like at night you're getting breakfast when we go to the club at two o'clock in the morning sure sure you know i had some fancy friends that would get crepes but again still fancy pancakes fancy pancakes 
So yeah, so I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, I've ordered a burger at Denny's because I think of Denny's as more of a diner that sells everything. You know, a good diner, yeah, have a good burger. But yeah. I hop again. Uh-huh. We want the pancakes. We want that warm syrup, like uh-huh. and all the different flavors. All the different flavors give me my butter syrup. pecan syrup. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, what? Are... Stop playing! Don't. Don't get cute. They're, you know, they're social media people or who their marketing people fail. Just no. This is terrible, terrible idea. Well, I guess they got people talking, but I don't know how they yeah. drive anybody into. I'm not going to IHOP to try one of these burgers. I yeah, I don't. I think that if you weren't already going to IHOP, you probably aren't now going to go to IHOP. No, but I do feel like it does kind of fall into that. Like all all publicity is good publicity. Like it's not like a scandal or anything. Like. They got their bank, their money, their bank for their buck on this one. Yeah, because sure. it was talked about, and everybody else was able to get in on the action and kind of, you know, people were able to kind of bounce off of their uh-huh. marketing too. But my whole thing is, well, you know me, I am very susceptible to advertising and marketing. I'm a marketer's uh-huh. advertiser's are. dream. Yes. And this, I passed by IHOP today and I was like, yeah, no. So, well, whatever. Um, so yeah so that was the viral thing last week what I was going to do was that obituary that was going <gasps> on yes I love that obituary <laughs> I was at work and someone literally like read like oh my god and like read it out loud I was like are you for real like part of me was like that's mean but the other part was like she was horrible yeah, you know, I mean, it was, it, it, what was crazy was, like, uh, we read it at my job, of course, because, you know, mm-hmm. my job, mm-hmm. and um, and we were like, oh, wow, like, it was just so brutal. I think my favorite part of this, uh, this, this old uh, woman's <laughs> terrible obituary was, um, she will now face judgment. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yes, Whoa. by God, because we are judging her. Like this whole yes. thing is us judging her, but now she will, you know, she will face, face like a final the ultimate, yeah. ultimate judgment. judgment. I was for like leaving Ooh. her children and her husband. Yeah, that for was her, messed up. For, for her, her husband's, husband's brother. brother, that was gross and that was horrible. So yeah, yeah. she's a horrible person, but like. I don't know. I was kind of yeah, abandoning them. So I was like, okay, they're still working through this. Um, yeah, not the little not, therapy that needs to happen. You. Yeah, that was my whole thing is like, you know, you forgive for yourself, not for the other person. So yeah, like I was like, okay, not not a whole lot of healing that's taking no, place here. No, we need to heal. We need to heal. Need people. a little healing. Need a little healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other question that we had at my job was, where um, is there another obituary out there that's better? like on her behalf from the children uh from the love child you know of the of her and the brother oh yeah I like i'm one you know like this is the one that got all the pub because of for obvious reasons but you know yeah like, like the real one because i'm sure like you know the funeral <laughs> that wasn't the obituary and, uh, <laughs> that wasn't what was in the program <laughs> yeah that okay oh, you imagine i was like Ooh, what wee. in the devil have i come so upon? she did indeed abandon one family for the other did she at least 
you know, hit it out the park with the other family. So that you know, my thing is like, well, I you know, people are known to like change, but I just was like, if you're awful, you're just awful. But people have mm-hmm. been known to like change and like be good parents to some children and bad mm-hmm. parents to other parents to mm-hmm. others. And I'm just like, I don't understand how you could do that. But I guess they're you know, that's not that's not me. But right. I think, you know, you just kind of disassociate and just kind of put car- compartmentalize, just put this over here. Uh-huh. And that's like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And some people just kind of, I think, you know, yeah. maybe feel guilt and just try to make the best out of this situation. So I don't know, girl, but that was horrible. Yeah. So I was it like, was, it was bad. Yeah, so got touched on that too. So two for one. Two for two. one. Yeah. Okay. Two for It's a two for yeah, so a few things, short things. Um, I always say that, and it always becomes it'll be another right. hour. Um, so wait, tell me. I know, tell me everything. So first things first, like you know, kind of just like be a little Debbie Downer, but um, just the deaths of Case Spade and Anthony um, Bourdain. Yeah, you know, like I was just truly like saddened by you know the death of Case Spade, but just like. You know, Anthony Bourdain just kind of like just had me shook because that just to me came like out of, Uh you know, nowhere. And I was Uh a huge, huge fan. Uh And so, um, yeah, so Uh it's just been interesting to see all of the um, tributes um, Uh from people and, you know, just how... I guess because I, I did watch Parts Unknown and I watched some of the other travel shows, but, you know, I'm not, like, I don't really watch the Food Network and all those kind of things. So I, you know, did the books mainly, some of the shows, like Him on Top Chef and some other things. Uh-huh. Um, so just seeing people's reaction, especially... Um, people from like maybe developing countries from different cultures and how uh-huh. you know inclusive he was and how uh-huh. he went into different uh, communities and didn't try to appear to be the expert but like sought out people to kind of guide mm-hmm. him through the culture and just like how he was like this jerk like that was introduced kind of in Kitchen Confidential like during that uh-huh. you know time of his life and how he just really you know kind of transformed into this other kind of person so it was just uh-huh. like really amazing so I was just like you know very sad and yeah you know you know uh-huh. again thought about our somewhat interaction with him <laughs> <laughs> our- Crazy as are chasing him down in the car. Chasing him down in the car on the 405. Yes. Yes. That was crazy. And him realizing what we were doing and smirking at us. So yeah, so that was yeah, that was crazy. I still like I'm like, what were you doing in Culver City? And what were you doing driving that car? Like it was it was like a Nissan Altima. (laughs) Yeah, it was so random, but there was like a chef related frame on on the car too. So I don't know if he was just borrowing someone's car or like which could have just been he could have just been borrowing someone's car like while he was there doing sure. 
Sure. I, was like, I mean, I like, there's a million explanations. Yeah, but I was like, it was him. So it was. Oh, like, it was absolutely him. And I was like, like I thought you were seeing things. Yeah, and I was like, you yes. do. I don't know. Of course, I lost all those pictures. But like, yeah, it's maybe on that abandoned blog I have somewhere. So oh, I don't know. Man. But yeah, super stalker. Like it was crazy. But yeah, so rest in peace to Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. They will be missed. Um, Prayers to their families who are dealing with this. You know, both have both have young children, so yeah, really sad. Yeah, really, really tragic. Just suicide, Mm -hmm. period. And Mm -hmm. the fact that they were both by hanging, I also found to be really jarring. Um, Yeah. I feel like suicide is in and of itself obviously very jarring, but something about hanging um, that just the imagery that goes with it is just you yeah, know, so violent to me. So like, violent, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, so, okay, I'm going to switch from that to foolishness, so I apologize, okay, but that's what this is about. Awkward segue. Yeah. Awkward, awkward segue. Awkward segue. <laughs> Um, Golly. I know I didn't want to put it to the end because like I'm already like sad so I just want to kind of get that done get out of the way, yeah. yeah so um, just a couple of updates so okay. um, who bid Beyonce update oh did we find out yeah so loose lip Tiffany Haddish is at it again so she pretty <laughs> much confirmed that it was Sanaa um, she said Sanaa Lathan yes girl so she was like she because that again that was a person that was you know bandied about and she said yeah. that was her and so Tiffany had an interview recently with I think Hollywood Reporter uh-huh. where she basically confirmed that it was Sanalathan and so she said um, God she just runs her mouth I'm super good friends with her stepmom and her dad who is producer director <laughs> Stan Lathan. And they okay. were mad at me. They were like, why would you do this to the family? You know, black actress- actresses, you guys have to stick together. It's so hard for you guys to get work as it is. Why would you try to ruin her career? But I didn't try to ruin her career. I never said her name. I was just <laughs> trying to say how Beyonce kept me from going to jail that night. I could have shut my whole career down. <laughs> Wow. So she wasn't the one who technically said the name, but there were other people at this party who were like, mm-hmm, yeah, it sure was. Wow. So yeah, so she pretty much like confirmed, confirmed that it was Sanaa, confirmed that like her dad and mom, stepmom were mad at her for saying something. And so I was like, <sighs> you're not going to get invited to any more parties. And she was like, well, I'm, I, the invitations have not stopped coming. And she's like, I think more people are waiting for um, more stuff for me to say something at their party so that they'll get some um, some shine. So I was just like, okay, girl, keep it up. So keep it up and see how that works for you. Cause... Yeah, see how that works for you because I really don't see that. You know, it's all about you know, it's like just... the Vegas thing. Like what happens here stays uh-huh. here. Like you don't a little uh... thing called discretion. Discretion, which she has none of. So Lord, girl, no, God, no, no. So Ugh, that was geez. that. Yeah. And so the other one is Drake, my boo Drake. Uh, 
Drake with a beard. Yeah, Drake with a beard. Yeah, beard Drake. Yeah, bearded Drake. Bearded Drake. Um, so again, so the big rap battle, he has not I guess this new song that he released is kind of a response to Pusha's tease this. But Uh I mean, not really. I mean, it's you know, in terms of rap battles, Drake lost. Because he did not respond back to um, Pusha T's um, track, you know, in any kind of way, in any kind of like, in an artistic um, form. In, yeah, in an artistic form, he like had a press release about the blackface allegation. Kind of didn't say anything about the baby, which is like, was like the if you're like a person who what, listens to gossip and all that kind of stuff, it was the worst kept secret. So mm-hmm. I'm like, this whole thing has been out there for months that Drake has a kid. And the thing is, uh-huh. like, okay, he has a kid. So that's, I'm like, it's not like he has, like, um, a side baby, like a stunt baby. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, he's not <laughs> married. Funny. He's not right. married. So it's like, you know, it's, it, you know, he has a baby by a porn star. That's gross. But, like, that's, okay. You know, it's not like whatever. It's not like a scandal. Well, so, it's certain, um, I mean, it definitely in today and age, it's not yeah, a like, scandal. Like, it's not, not it's like not there's... A, yeah. <laughs> like, in 2018, in the rap community, having a kid by... Out, some, yeah. Yeah. By whoever outside of wedlock, like yeah, like why is anybody even blinking? Right, because he doesn't have the baby on Instagram. Like, okay, sure, whatever. Like, that's. I mean, I feel like it's people that like you know people in the industry try to be are are are, tend to be so selective about when they want to have some kind of moral stance about something. Right, it's just totally like at random and whatever. It's like, come on now, like you. This is just. Yeah, and I mean, Drake, you know, in terms of like having a reputation, like he's squeaky clean for kind of like a rapper because you know he hasn't sold drugs. He was a child actor, blah blah uh-huh. blah. So it's like, like Canadian, like so it's like okay, <laughs> right. you know, so it's kind of just like you're the opposite of anything street or hood or whatever. You're like the hottest thing out there. So you you do anything, but like Drake is like a known hoe and like cause yeah so like yeah so I was like none of this is surprising or new so like whatever right. um, so he did release a new song and it came out I think last night and I happened to like wake up you know I wasn't sleeping and like to scroll through Facebook and I saw somebody's reaction to it and I was like what what is it so it's basically like uh, the theme of it is like a 10 year reunion of Degrassi so he basically has all of his old co-stars from huh. Degrassi like everybody pretty much like pretty much uh-huh. everybody that was on the show like through all like the 8 or 9 years it was on uh-huh. in this video and it was awesome because I did watch Degrassi The Next Generation even though I was a little too old to be watching it by then but I love that show it was okay. really good it was a really good show so the song is good it's called I'm Upset mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of that's kind funny of like, it's kind of like him addressing some of the things like he addressed some of the allegations in this song but it, it was more like it's a little bop so I was like 
I like it. And so although he lost in the rap world, Drake's still winning at life. And he <laughs> like <laughs> he, he um he uh, released that video, the dead of night or whatever, and then went with it, um, released like, yeah, am I um album is coming out July blah 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 there there you go you're welcome so <laughs> that's wow. the end of that and so he already has like you know in the top 10 like his songs are there you know as well as um, Pusha T I don't really see anything any movement now like what his, his project or whatever Kanye's project is mm-hmm. doing very well which much to my chagrin because I thought we were boycotting Kanye people. Oh, I thought we had canceled him. I thought that we were over it and we were through with him. Why is it just me? Why am I it's the only one still you. participating in this? Like I mean, I don't have stop, to boycott him because I was never signed on to begin with. So but you stop know, people... encouraging this behavior, people. That's what's wrong with us. This is why we cannot progress as a people. This is why we can't progress as a people. You we are correct. Cannot, we just can't no, it's like the whole art <laughs> Ooh, that's my jam, girl. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no. that's too much. No. He is horrible. He is he bad. He is a pedophile, yeah. Yeah. Pedophilia. No. Look it up. Not, no, 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 yeah. no. So, yeah, so that's it. So, Drake's song. Amazing. Okay. I love it. Yes, I'm going to listen to it after this. <laughs> wow. It's the best. So, yeah, I'm going to listen to it and watch the video again. <laughs> Thank you, Drake, for blessing us with especially all of us, um, well, people in their 30s who watch Degrassi. Because the thing about Degrassi was, like, I was a little too young for, like, the first version of Degrassi. And then, like, Uh I was, like, on the edge of being, like, too old for the new one. But then I was teaching during the time, so my kids are watching, my students are watching it, so I started watching it. I was like, Y'all don't need to be watching this. Like there are some very adult things <laughs> going on in this wow. program. Like I never know, watched it. They had an abortion episode. They ended up not airing it in the United States though, because mm. it was like that controversial. But there's like mm. yeah, school shootings, like every like teen pregnancy, like everything that you could think of, like that was on this show. Like it was like I was like, dang, y'all down like that, Canada? Jesus. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it was a good like show, but I felt like I was like I felt old enough to be watching it where I was just like, I don't know if I want my fifteen year old watching this. There's a whole lot going on. But yeah, Degrassi oh, interesting. was interesting. Yeah, it was a good show though. Good show. High school based. Yeah. So yeah, so that was that. So yay, Drake, you win. Um, and the, oh, I forgot the, well, you already know about this, so it's not really going to tell me everything. And congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for Ah, speaking. That was going to be like my viral vox, all those wonderful memes. Oh, the memes of the sweeping and all the different, those were great. Oh my gosh, people really went, they went. Yeah, the the interwebs went all out on these memes. Yeah, but I, you know, like I really love Golden State. Like I love Steph Curry. Let's just say that I love mm-hmm. Steph Curry. I love Steph Curry. Family, and the thing is, like, cute family. It's cute, and the thing is, like, I like LeBron James too. Like, not necessarily as a player, but like I think as a person, a human being, 
I like like LeBron James too. He seems to be like an upstanding kind of family man to whatever. Like he seems like a fine guy. He you know isn't he like married to his high school sweetheart Mm -hmm. and like they you know same same mom same wife same Mm -hmm. babies mom to babies for like. Yeah, and he's also pretty philanthropic. Like, and he that's does a the lot. other thing. He does a lot for like the community, and um, he like speaks out on issues. Like, he was one of the main ones. He spoke out again because you know, forty five. You know, your president gets out there talking about who's not coming to the White House. Somebody asked LeBron, like, if you guys win, even though you know, are y'all gonna go? And he's like, Yeah, no, we're not going um, to uh-huh. the White House. And he was like, in in Steph Curry's, like basically, yeah, like last year, like we're not going, like <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like, um, no, no, thanks. We, you know, I agree with LeBron, like yeah, like we're not going, and like other people, like the Eagles are, you know, aren't going, and yeah, so yeah, crazy. And he's disinviting people, and I was like. Oh, yeah, but of course, inviting the hockey team that won the Stanley Cup. With their majority Canadian players <laughs> that you don't like, because you're pissing off Canada. What? Yeah, like pissing off Canada and all of our allies were chumming up to dictators. Awesome. You're ooh, what? It's like the upside down world, like what? Like Bizarro world. <laughs> like you're like curving our like allies <sighs> and like you know. Putin and Kim Jong Un, those your those your peeps. Like it's just so. That's bizarre. It makes sense though, because I was like, he's like a narcissist, so dictators tend to be. He wants to be a dictator. Like he wishes he could be them so bad. Like why can't I not have this power that you guys have uh, and uh-huh. just yield it on this country to make them do what I want to do without all these other people impose your will yeah like you do with your companies like yeah he wants to run this country like his company so yeah anyway off that but yeah so <laughs> that was that don't get me started don't even get See, me don't started. get me started, started don't though. even get me started yeah and lastly speaking of snl so this is totally random and usually we don't really talk about white people too much <laughs> so this is like the second week. The well, we already saw with Kate Spade and Andy Bourdain, but you know that's set aside. So, sure. uh, she's not. Well, I think she's. I don't know what she is. She's like racially ambiguous. I guess she's white. Did she tell? Okay, Ariana Grande. I don't know what she is. At first, no, I, thought I she don't was, know because her name is made up. So yeah, so is. I thought she was like a little Latino girl, and then I was like, I don't think so. I don't know what she is. Anyway, I was like, is she Italian? I have no um, clue. So anyway, she, I think she's, I don't want to say she's Latin. I don't know. Somebody will correct me. Great. Thanks. Okay. Um, so Let Ariana, us know. Let us know, please. Or Yeah, because I'm or, not, go- I don't care enough to look it up. So I'm not looking it up. Yeah, I just want her to get a new hairstyle. So Ariana Grande oh, yes. is engaged to Pete Davidson of SNL. I don't know if you know who Pete Davidson is, but he's the young guy. The little young, he, he looks like a teenager and it's like why is this teenager on SNL huh I so, know I, I don't know who that is so I'm gonna have to look I am gonna have to look that yeah I like him he's really funny but he's like super young he's like I think one of the youngest people in the cast and um 
apparently they've only been dating for a few weeks or like it's been public for a few weeks and he's already like proposed she's wearing this huge like um they teardrop like diamond ring like a hundred thousand dollar ring and um they show them at some kind of like um cosplay kind of thing dressed up as like um hogwarts students so yeah so they're like nerding out and i was like he is a big change from her i can't remember the last one she dated she dated some like white rapper i can't remember which one of them it is because there's a few of them out there little boys but she dated big sean for a while so that's kind of how more that yeah so Okay. I was like, okay. So yeah. I see him. I see his face. I know. I recognize his face. I don't really know him though. Yeah, he's just kind of like one of the red. He's been on SNL a little while. Mm-hmm. And just one of like the random little guy, and it's very like dorky looking. And um, yeah. So they're engaged. So like, okay. she's they again. They both look like they're twelve years old. They do. They really do. Like, neither one of them look like they're old enough to be married. Making any of these decisions. Like, Making any adult decisions. Yeah. <laughs> like they you, go talk to your parents. Are Ask you your sure? Daddy. It seems like their parents were supposed to sign off on this. That's what they it look like. really, really does. <laughs> like, they need permission. They each need permission. They each need um, permission. Young lady. Did you talk lady. to your daddy? Does Call your, your mom dad. know about yeah, this? Does your mom know about this? Young, young, yeah. Young, hey, yeah. Unless, of course, they're in Alabama, in which case they could just get married. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter if you're 12. You can go ahead and do that. And make it happen. What are you waiting for? You're 18. You're an old maid. You're an old maid. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Go. Oh, home. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. This is funny. That that. Yeah. So I thought that was, I was like randomly like going through, I think, the shade room. And I was like, what okay sure i thought that was interesting because i was like i did see them because she's there she was just dating somebody else and all of a sudden she pops up with him and you know the sub tweets and indirect like following each other and like oh you're my sun and moon and stars and all that kind of stuff and i was like what is happening here so yeah fascinating mm-hmm. so yeah that's it there's not a lot there is more stuff going on but I'm done oh, I'm sure there's a million more things there's going on but that so was good many, yeah, so there, I feel yeah. updated yeah like there, there's so much going on that I was like if I update you you're going to be like who are these people it'll be too uh, much explaining head spinning head spinning yeah 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 alright very yeah. good thank you uh huh all right, so let's get personal. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay, so I have a few updates. Okay. Um, I um, am very excited because I've been talking about this since we started the podcast, my whole like situation with my uh, injury and my physical therapy and all of that. So this past week and a half, I've actually been out running on the street and mm-hmm. it's going well. So I'm really excited about that. I'm starting off super slow and just doing inter- intervals, like, you know, pretty slow intervals and walking and running um, just because I really, really, really don't want to re-injure myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but yeah, I'm like proud of myself. I've been going like every other day and 
got my little app that I'm using to help time those intervals out and everything. So yeah, so that's really good. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing um, that I'm in the middle of is, um, so I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but my car, I have a Volkswagen Golf TDI. And if you're not, you know, follow this kind of news, like it was a big, pretty big news story when it first happened, though. Yeah, the whole the whole like there's a whole emissions scandal and a claims settlement lawsuit from the emission scandal with this particular, um, well, it's this, it's my model of uh, golf TDI along with like every TDI version that came out of Volkswagen and, and Audi from like 2013. I think I want it starts as, as early as 2012 through like 2015. So mm. they are, can I just say, I don't know. I can't think of another time when a company has um I, like, like just the the amount of money that they are paying out the nose for this is yeah. startling like it's startling they are buying back every single car like you have so the uh, the way that the settlement works is that you um if you have one of these cars you you had to go online and you know sign up and they verify you know via your vin number if you are eligible if you're eligible, they give you an option um, to buy your car back or to have the uh, mechanical adjustment made that will fix the emission problem. And even then, they'll still pay you $5,000 on top of that. And even before any of that happened, they gave you, I think it was uh, like a $1,000 gift card and something else. Like, so there's like, it was crazy, right? So like, that was that's just so and but i remember is, like when the story came out that they were very much like yep mm-hmm, and like very into like taking responsibility like yes we're gonna pay for it so i i feel like i remember them like mm-hmm. saying that they were gonna pay for it and i'm just like wow like this should be interesting so okay. yeah i mean it's, that's a lot of money it's to me it's a ton of money because this it's not just the u.s like it's in europe as well and vw is even more popular there mm-hmm. than they are here and so and and the, the diesel is even more popular there than it is here um so we're talking just hundreds and thousands of cars um and and they're paying you good money to sell it back. So really doing the option where you get it fixed or whatever doesn't like on paper make any sense. Because even if you have one of the later models, like say you have like a 2015 mm-hmm. that's now like three years old, it doesn't make sense to like get it fixed and have them hand you $5,000 when they're offering you like upwards of $25,000 just to turn it in. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you can literally take that and turn around and get, like, a 2018 model of the exact same car if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um, so, that's the background to my whole car situation because they do take mileage into consideration. There's, like, a whole algorithm that they use to figure out, based on your year, make, and model and the number of miles that you have, how much they're going to pay out. And, like I said, it's still a very generous and considerable amount and it's way over kelly blue book that you would get for this car if you were just selling it um and so 
I'm selling my car back to them and um, buying a new one. And, but, you know, I'm going to have to acquire the new one before I get the, before I turn in my current car, um, just because I don't want to rack up additional miles. I drive a lot. And so, um, so I hate car shopping. I hate it. I hate it. I hate car shopping. Mm -hmm. And I really hate hashtag car shopping while female. Um, I feel like it is its own category of just torture. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and the things that I think should be simple and straightforward are a pain because salespeople, sales men in particular, I feel like just like prey on female shoppers. Did you get called honey or sweetie? No, but I got spoken to in a really condescending tone. And I'm not one to be like, you know, to pull like my degrees out of my pocket, like readily, like I don't have them like in my holsters, like a lot of people do. But it made me want to do that. And the fact that it made me want to do that made me even more mad. (laughs) Because I was like, that's not a thing that I do. But you really make me want to like, prove that you're an idiot and that you're talking to the wrong person this way, you know? Sweetie, this is what we call a car. Oh, my gosh. So I, of course, do what adults do, which is I went to my credit union. I submitted an application for a used auto loan. I got pre-approved, you know, basic stuff. Mm -hmm. And they sent me my little pre-approval letter. And now the last time, the last, when I bought this car, I did it all online and it was so smooth and so easy. And I really wanted to try to go that route. There wasn't the car that I wanted on any of the online vendors. So I'm having to deal with an actual dealership. So that's problem number one. Um, problem number two is the last time I did this with an actual dealership, I took my pre-approval letter to the dealership was like, here's my pre-approval. This is the car I'm interested in. La 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 la. Bam. You walk away, you know, with the car. Yeah. You, they hand, you know, you fill out the paperwork, you sign it. They talk to your credit union. They send them a check, whatever. You start making payments. And, but before any of that happens, you just drive away in the car that same day. So the car that I want is at this dealership in San Juan Capistrano, which is, you know, about 50 mm. miles south of us. And, um, and so I contacted them via their online thing, talked, you know, emailed with the guy and they're like insisting that I like, um, fill out a credit application. And I was like, no, no, I already have my own financing. And they're like, oh, well, you still need to fill out a credit application. And no, I was you like, we're going to run like, your no. credit again. Yeah, I was like, no, why? Like, why would, I, why, would I, why would I fill out a credit application when I already have my own financing? I have a pre-approval letter. So I ended up, like, going back and forth with the sales guy. He was like, well, let me see. And he got off the phone and, you know, was there, I'll call you back. He had his sales manager call me back. And he's the one who I had trouble with today because he was like, well, um, again, in the condescending, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're, a, you're, you don't, you're, you're a girl, you don't understand. Um, he was like, oh, you know, I think it seems that you have a misunderstanding about a uh, misconception about what a pre-approval letter is, because you know, a pre-approval isn't the same as like funding. And girl, 
you know I wanted to reach through that phone. I was like, where is it? This particular dealership? Is that because that's the only place that it's not? Right. Like, I was like, first of all, like, I understand that a pre-approval letter is not a cashier's check, if that's what you're trying to tell me. Like, you need to go somewhere with that. Like, thank you. Yeah, thank- this isn't like a, one of those, like, regular, like, letters from Capital One that you got in the mail saying, you are approved for $2,000. <laughs> right. Like, no, right. like, this is a real thing, like. Right, from a federal from- credit union, not from, like. Like I was, so I said, I was like, so, you know, so he's like, so, you know, uh, you, you, um, what, and so then he wanted to like do this whole like disbelief thing with me that was like, um, so you're telling me, this is him, you're telling me that you've taken a pre-approval letter, um, to a dealer and they've allowed you to drive off the lot with the car. I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I am not joining you in this this place where this is not a reality. Like that is how mm-hmm. pre-approval letters from a bank work. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like, I'm not crazy. Like I know that this is how this works. This is not my first car. Like this is probably like the sixth car I bought in my whole life. Like I think I know how this works. So he just made it just. Oh, it was so like. Oh, and I don't. I don't think you understand the difference between that and. Um, something being funded and I was like no I understand the difference I was like I don't think you understand that if I fill out a contract and you like take my identification and all my information and I sign a contract and give you a pre-approval letter from a bank that says you're going to get money from them for this vehicle that I'm not going to put my entire life on the line for this $17,000 car by not paying for it or by you know or by giving you like what like what exactly are you thinking like it's I was like what kind of fraud would I you know like it's I I was just so stupid I was like what is your fear sir what is your fear what are you right right here what are you afraid of because Mm -hmm. I don't understand what exactly is going to happen so it just it was that you know and, and it just made me so mad I was like I was like I have to not like I ended up just dealing with him via email from that point forward because I was like getting to that place where I was like so angry that my voice was getting shaky but I was trying to like stay calm and not have mm-hmm. like you know so I was like okay this is not let me just I can't like with you right now um so yeah so just the fact that that's a thing and again if if it was my brother-in-law or anybody else like it would just be way more straightforward I know um and so that also just makes me really angry (laughs) so um all that notwithstanding I'm hoping that between my credit union myself and this idiot at the um at the car lot um I will be able to have acquired said vehicle by this weekend and just be done with this. Um, that, um, that said, that'll be, um, the good thing will be that I can put my current car aside because I have a, a date that I'm turning it in. Um, it's actually July 5th that I turn in my current car. So if I get the new one this weekend, hopefully, um, I can just park my other one in the garage and it won't be racking up any more miles to and from work and all that mm-hmm. and i'll have a cute new car awesome yeah so that is the hope okay. um 
And then, so those are the two things. And then, okay, my other thing, because I always, you know, if I have a TV or movie plug, I like to throw it in there. Mm-hmm. This is one of my, like, guilty pleasures. And I'm really excited that it's back on for another season. Mm-hmm. I love American Ninja Warrior. I love it. It's so good. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. So if you don't watch American Ninja Warrior, you really should because it's just, it's just like a wholesome all American show. And show about ninjas. It's about ninjas in the sense that um, it's all these like obstacle. It's like an obstacle course and like feats of strength um but they're all couched in like these human interest stories because each of the people that participate like there's definitely like a huge body of the people that participate and compete who are like professional you know they're like they are professionals in this sort of like um performance arena of like you know they're like stunt men stunt women um you know rock climbers or whatever so they have these are people with like agents and you know they have like a whole cachet that goes with them or whatever mm-hmm. but there's also like people just who just compete who are just like you know regular folks um who um you know it'll be like a firefighter or like a mom of you know four who decided to get back into you know um get her life back after like some bout with an illness that you know and now she's, you know, fit, focused on her fitness and doing this and was like a motivation to like get her, you know, better or whatever. Like, so there's all these like cool, like human interest stories that, um, that they do sort of like, you know, that's one of the things I love about the Olympics, like where they do, you know, mm-hmm. here's the competition, you know, before the actual competition or the race or whatever, they're like, but let's learn a little bit about whoever, Casey, mm-hmm. whoever, you know, and like, so it's that kind of thing where they do like a really really like well edited and well produced like you know human interest side of this person and their family and their story and blah 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 so that's the part that like sucks you into like okay like I really care like whether this person like makes it through this course because it's so meaningful you know oh, and uh, <laughs> and then there's the course itself the, the actual competition itself which is bananas like it's this bananas obstacle course of like balancing and climbing and swinging from like one thing to another and you know I mean and they make the courses like um some of the features on some of the obstacles on the course are always the same you know same same thing like there are different versions of the same type of obstacle but then every season and every course um, has like a new, a new one, a new obstacle that's like, and this season, the never before seen, like, you know, wing nuts, you know, <laughs> and it's like some crazy contraption where you have to swing side to side and catch yourself midair on the next thing and whatever, you know, so um, anyhow, it's just fun, like it's, you know, and it is like, you are like on the edge, of, like if you're watching, it's one of those like edge of your seat kind of um deals where you want to um you know you're like like I don't know like almost like cringing hoping that they're gonna make Mm -hmm. it and you know like that whole thing so um so anyway it's just fun it's just a fun 
fun show and um and i i love it when it's back on so just recently restarted um so uh if you're if you're not into american ninja warrior just just give it a try watch watch a few minutes of it i feel like it's one of those things that's like easy to get caught up in because it's so um so cool sure I mean, this is from me who uh, took me like a good solid week to get through the six episodes of Kimmy Schmidt because I kept falling asleep literally every time I sat still last week to watch it. So I was like, okay. So I finally got through it. It was funny, but it's only like half a season. So, so far. So, okay. Yeah. That's pretty much Warrior. it for me. The American Ninja Warrior, love it, watch it. It's so much fun. And um, as by the time you're listening Mm-mm. to this nope. episode, no. we're no. seven days away from my birthday. It's exactly a week from today. By the time you hear this episode, seven day countdown continues to my forty fine birthday. That's it. That's all I have. You know when you say 40, fine, it kind of makes it seem like you're turning 49. Why? Because it could be either. You yeah, could either but... be replacing the F or the... But I feel uh, like F. most people would, you know, like, assume it's the 9 and not the 5 just because of the way, like, I don't know. I know how old you are, so I know that's not the thing, but I was like, hmm, okay, whatever. Just a thought. But you've you've already branded your birthday, so it's a little too late to dial that back now. Well, it doesn't. It really could be either because in both of them, I know it's five and a nine. It's just one letter. I know, but so why would anyone assume one over the other? Because I just feel like the emphasis on the F and fine, and the emphasis on the, the nine. I just see that as more than the V and the N. But okay, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, yeah, so I will see you next week because <laughs> you will. I sadly have to c- come back home um, for yet another funeral. So one of my... Um, um, my aunt's passed away. She was my mom's eldest sister and, you know, very much um, the matriarch of the family, kind of the largest branch right now on our tree. She had just recently in the last, I think, couple of months, her third great-great-grandchild hmm. was born. Um, so she's just a little shy. She was she passed away just a little shy of her 90th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, she would be terribly missed. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it's still kind of hard to believe, I guess, because you know I'm still not I'm not at home. So right, right. Yeah, you know, I know. Like you know, somebody asked me how I was doing today, and I was like, you know, it's kind of easy to like not think about it when you're not there. You know, I think about it sure. in different things because one of my aunts, my well, one of my aunts, she's my now that's how my only. On both, on both sides, she's my only aunt left. Um, she said she asked me to do the tribute from the nieces and nephews for the program, mm-hmm. and I was like, 
oh god so I like sat and did that and then I was like yeah I'm really no good the rest of the day because it was kind of like that concentrated time to sit down and kind of um, think about her and what she meant to our family and to all of us kids growing up and so I was Mm -hmm. just like yeah I went into the office and like left right away but I was like yeah I'm, I'm good I'm going home yeah so I was like, I can't really focus on this right now, and I don't, I don't want to right now. So, yeah. So that's that's that. So that's why I will be in California next week, and I'll be out there for a few days just to, you know, like again, since I'm there, I'm not gonna fly in and fly right out. So, right. Um, you know, kind of take the opportunity to spend some time with my family and my friends. See you yeah. guys. Um. You know, see some other friends I haven't seen in a in a while too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, and you'll be here oddly enough for my birthday. Oddly enough, I will be there for your birthday because you crazy sent me an invite to your birthday party. I was like, Andrea, I promise you, I'm not coming to California for a birthday party. Well, no, I sent it because you had already been talking about yeah, because my planning had, on coming yeah. out here because she wasn't feeling well. Yeah, so, so I was like, well, been, it might coincide. Yeah, so she was she's been ill, you know, since my other aunt passed away, like mm-hmm. in March. So I've been trying to, you know, get back home and you know a good time, and it was actually like this week when I was able to plan it, but she passed away before I could kind of get out there. Yeah, so, that was um, the hard part. Yeah, but I did get a chance to talk to her. Um, yeah, a couple of days before she passed away, so that did make me feel better. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, still, huh, crazy. So now, like, on my dad's side of the family, like you know, he has one brother that's still mm-hmm. living. All the rest of them have passed away. Um, and now on my um, mom's side, we just, I just have a one uncle and one aunt that's still with us, so that's hard. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, just praying for them, too, as they um, deal with this, because my uncle, um, his mother-in-law, like, literally, he's out of town right now because his mother-in-law Aww. passed away. Aww. So, um, you know, they're just kind of waiting for him and his wife to get back and uh-huh. yeah for the services and give him some time to kind of rest and sure yeah it's hard I, I feel like that's just such a hard uh age you know I feel like you know you have like and I think it's hard to imagine like I feel like you know in our 40s we've been through the ages where like all our friends are getting married or all our friends are having their first kid or all our, all our friends are having kids, you know, graduate from elementary school or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think it's that the, the same thing happens as you get older. Like you get to this place where like, you know, people that you know are all passing away or, you know, everyone's losing their parents. Everyone's losing mm-hmm. their, you know, specific particular um family members and then you know the stage where like oh like people I know you know like mm-hmm. that's just gotta be so it's you know so just like the whole opposite end of all that you know it's, yeah. so, it's just gotta be such a strange and difficult season to go through yeah so yeah so that is that so I'm trying to 
relax. I got my nails done today, and oh, I, nice. I hate I hate them though. So. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not yeah. nice. <laughs> no. Why do you hate them? I just don't look good. Was it the color or the shape or what was wrong with the it? The shape I don't really love, but also, you know how I feel about my fingers. I feel like I have little sausage fingers anyway. And I think they're just a little too short. And the, oh. and the polish doesn't look good. Like, it's like like bubbling, like the polish is old. Oh, no. I it hate did, that. It didn't um, dry well, so I'm going to end up, I don't want to, like, end up taking this polish off and doing it myself which isn't like oh god oh no i would go back i, I i've gone back to school i mean i i haven't had to do that in a long time but i used to i'd be like uh-uh. i was just here yesterday why is it looking like this do it but over. even that i don't I don't want him to do mine i don't want yeah i'm done with there I, I was like i was trying a new place and i was like this is what i get for not going oh to the place you know yeah, to the gay square and go and get my nails done. Uh, <laughs> so that's yeah. So alrighty, let's. I had Is to that be it? up. Yeah, I had to be up early. So. Oh okay. All right. I have. A well, next time you hear from us, we'll have we will be in the same your city kitchen. Again. In my kitchen, we'll be right here where I am. Mm-hmm. Except instead of just me, it'll be you and me. Mm-hmm. And the dog mm. and the cat. Oh God. Okay. Who you who you love and enjoy? Um, no, I don't. That would who be a lot. You love and appreciate. Mm. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who I? <laughs> yeah. Who I? Who you love and admire? Definitely not. I don't admire <laughs> thieves. Admire thieves. Wow. Are they thieves? Yeah, they stole my dessert. They're thieves. <laughs> Have my mouth already for that dessert? Oh. Gone. So, yes. So, all right, girl. I will see you. I will talk to you probably tomorrow, and I will see you next week. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Right. Bye. Bye. Wait Till Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash Wait Tell Me Everything. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. Get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at Wait Tell Me Pod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at Wait Tell Me Everything at gmail.com. <laughs>